Welcome to the Programmatic Digest, a podcast dedicated to review industry headlines and trends in the programmatic and digital ad tech world. I'm Ellen Parker, your host and Chief Programmatic Sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting, where we offer customizable training in programmatic media. All right, oh wow. Welcome, welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast. Leo, Ryan, how are you guys doing? Hello. Great to be back. Yeah, Brian uh, is uh, almost like a cousin of the podcast at this point. The amount of time we try to have you on. And uh, Leo, welcome to the very first podcast together, but not the last. We are going to talk a lot about the collaboration be- between Above Zero and Work Reduce today. But before we get into today's conversation, um, Let's go ahead and do some introduction. Leo, how about you do us the honor to start introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and like your background and how you got here. Sure, sure. I have a long firm and a short form. Which one do you want? <laughs> <laughs> the one that resonates the most right now. Cool. Uh, so, Leo Fire, I'm the founder of Above Zero. Um, we've been in business for about five years now. I'm based in Atlanta. I uh, used to live in San Francisco. Former AKQA, sort of director of operations. And before that, I was at a company called HC.com, super old school Omnicom type. <laughs> the Omnicom group folks remember those days. Uh, so I've spent, I think, a good part of my life around the agencies, right? Building um, sort of dynamic creative operational tools, right? Um, and or working with ops, trafficking, and sort of building teams around programmatic, right, for scale. Because a lot of the agencies I worked for built their own trade desks. Um, and sort of, it was a new thing when, when I started, but, you know, today we talk about it like it's a normal thing. But at the time, most agencies are really trying to figure out how do we build these trade desks internally. So I was a big part of what that looks like, to, you know, looked like back in the day. And then what that mm-hmm. looks like today, I think, for most of the organizations that I work for. Um, but today I run my own sort of what I'd call media operations company. We really sit at the cusp of training teams, building teams around helping brands and or agencies scale their digital operational um, sort of business, you know at scale, right? So a lot of the teams that we train and put together for brands and for agencies really help them scale the operations at, at a phenomenal rate and at a sudden rate of efficiency, which is why the partnership that I have with Brian makes sense, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, I hope I hope uh, our listeners are ready because we're going to take them through uh, an economy class, right? Supply and demand. But before we get too much into the details, let's talk to Brian. Brian, how about you? Just refresh everybody's memory in terms sure. of what you do and maybe the latest things that's happened at Work Reduce. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Brian. I'm the founder and CEO of Work Reduce. And Work Reduce is a platform um, for talent in that's vertically specialized in media buying, media analytics. And, uh, you know, we've been around for just over seven years, um, you know, we've got a big and, and growing team of folks who are placed mainly with our clients who uh, our main clients have to be the five big agency holding uh, company conglomerates. Uh, we do some work in brands as well. We do a lot of um, direct staff augmentation and also have a service desk that operates globally for work like uh, ad traffic. Yeah. Um, and I see that's uh, one of the the team I was on when I was uh, actively working with Work Reduce um, at a at a time in my life where I needed the team and I needed the structure. So again, big awesome. fan of Work Reduce. 
to kind of work with you. So, okay, well, let's talk about today's conversation. Um, talent. Let's talk about demand and supply. Is currently there's a big word thrown out there called the Great Resignation. So, <laughs> I'm sure you guys are are familiar with the term, but also I understand that there's 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 magic happening between the two of your companies. So, um, talk to us. Um, talk to us about how it came together. And what it is. Who do you want to start? <laughs> whoever, I guess, whoever wants. Brian, go ahead and, and give us. Sure. A- I mean, I, I'll, I'll dive in. So, um, you know, we were introduced to Leo through uh, a former client and, you know, some uh, actually multiple mutual connections. Um, you know, how long ago, Leo? Year, year ago? A year and a half, yeah. Year and a half. Um, and, you know, this was at a time when we were really starting to feel the the talent crunch. I feel like, you know, where we are in the market, we're producing, like we're, we're probably a little on a different uh, spot, like a little ahead of the curve of most folks because we're, um, you know, we're smaller and nimbler and, and just we focus on talent. So I think we felt the, the talent crunch a little early, honestly. And so meeting, uh, meeting Leo came at a time when we were saying like, wow, we, we really need to expand beyond our, um, primarily onshore U.S. domestic workforce and really start to get some traction in this global marketplace. And, you know, we're seeing the importance of that global marketplace. And so with um, Above Zero, you know, focused on on nearshore resources, and and I think, you know, you maybe also talk about your, your global expansion plans, Leo. It was a really important partnership for us to start to tap into some additional talent, right? So on one hand, we've got additional talent. And there's a funny story I'll tell about how we actually, we already had a, a kind of unknowingly had an above zero uh, resource working for us. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was uh, in part about going, going international, right? But then also about um, different business models, right? So, you know, Leo's business is very complementary to ours in a lot of ways because we're so kind of like big agency conglomerate focused. Leo has a little more of a brand focus. We're staff augmentation. Like Leo will do a lot more kind of end-to-end uh, campaign management, right? Um, so like it's like two kind of businesses. Like it's like who who put your chocolate in my peanut butter to you know really date myself with the old you know Reese's uh, you know commercial. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm getting old enough now that like I, I like keep throwing out all these references where people are just like I have so no funny. idea what no, you're talking I about now. Instantly like, thought about I thought it was damn, but I <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, anyway, like, and I think also for, for Leo and I, like we're, we're, you know, for, for me, like there's a lot of like offshore companies I can go work with who are like big conglomerates or whatever. So, but it's also just fun, you know, working with somebody who is also in this kind of like startup journey, right. Which is like, it's a whole thing, you know what I mean? And so to be able to kind of like, just shoot the shit with, um, someone who is really trying to grind it out, you know, in a similar way is, is like. It's important. It's inspiring. You know, like they, they always say, like, hey, being the being the boss is kind of a lonely job. It totally is. So, like, you know, being able to talk <laughs> to someone else who's um, doing this is, is great. And, and what's most interesting for me is Leo and his partner, Stephen, you know, have really encouraged me to kind of get in market in some of these, um, you know, areas that we are, are kind of finding talent in. So I recently was able to visit above zero on site in San Salvador, uh, 
El Salvador, which was like an amazing trip. Like we're all down there. I could talk about it for hours. Also got some great surfing in. It's like, it's an amazing country, right? And it's like, it's a place where, you know, in the U.S., right? It's on the like, you know, State Department, like don't go there zone, you know, go don't go there list. And like these guys encouraged me to come down and like, you know, um, it freaked my mom out a little, not going to lie. She was like, she was like, you need a bodyguard. But we had a great time. It was really amazing. And it's really important to, I think, get to know, you know, if you're working globally, get to know talent um, in market. And, and that's uh, also why I'm headed to Africa next week. Yeah. Tee it up a little. Let's talk about right. Africa um, yeah. well, before we end the conversation. But I yeah. want to highlight something you said about uh, purposely making the effort to look for a partnership that is in its startup or have similarly has similar challenges and growth opportunities because I think in our industry we just tend to like like that shiny object we just tend to go straight for something that's hot and sexy at the moment um but I want to encourage anyone that's listening to maybe follow in your footsteps in terms of like no you have to make that effort that conscious effort that mindful effort to be creative and um follow through in what you have been one of your values. So, um, so Leo, what was that for from a, almost like a business perspective, what was that for when you saw the opportunity with our, um, you and your partner saw the opportunity with what we do and internally at the point where you are, how, how did that come across the floor for you and your partner? Welcome to the programmatic meetup. Yay! I'm so excited about this community that we're building. It's going to be a safe space for media buyers, ad ops, uh, programmatic ninjas, data analysts like you and I, you know, just to come up and talk about our day-to-day challenges in our direct roles, some of our, some of our wins and some of our um, opportunities to grow to educate ourselves. Some of the topic of discussion includes anything from optimization, best practice, QA, templating, workflow, um, operational workflow. I'll have guest appearance. I'm bringing my network to you. And the best part of it is that you'll have one-on-one questions with them. So excited about this, yo. I'm so hyped. Um, so what to expect in your membership, right? Um, you can expect one hour call every first and third Wednesday of the month. Access to all the recordings for the paid members within our community. Um, discounted one-on-one consulting with me and some of the guests that will be gracing us with their presence and their appearance. Customizable training, but most importantly, new best friends y'all i'm very excited about this opportunity this is a community for you and i this is a community for us to just join forces and really really share really just being able to be together in a community there's so much growth when you're in a community when you're able to relate to people or somebody understands where you're coming from um from from different perspective right so so join today programmatic meetup our community is open to you Bring your friends, tell your friends to bring his friends, to bring her friends and his friends to meet up with us. Um, we respect you. We love you. We appreciate you. We're ready to like uh, support you. So make sure you join the programmatic meetup. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm very excited about this. So thank you so much and see you soon. Yeah, I mean, so my story is also the, 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 the two two parts to that right okay um 
when I was at AKQA, I worked on a team that had talent in El Salvador. So that's kind of how the relationship started. So the introduction to that country came off of, you know, a situation that the company was trying to figure out whether they should keep this software or this company that they purchased. At the time, it was mostly through search. Um, we bought a search company. Um, well, IKQA did, not me. Um, <laughs> and their goal was to try and stay competitive, right? You have to think about they were trying to compete with the Marines and the Kenshus at the time. Um, but it was really difficult, right? All those companies had 40 engineers, 80 engineers, whereas we were not necessarily ready to make that investment. But at the cusp of trying to figure out whether we should shut down this office or keep the talent, I was sent over there to figure it out, right? And in the first two days, I realized I want to keep the team, right? And really, my, my feedback was the investment is in the people, not the, not the place. We have to figure it out. We can easily change this from a search business into a trafficking business to a programmatic business, into a creative business, because the talent there was very highly qualified, right? I mean, we were staffing folks who had masters. Everybody was graduated in any given case, right? So you start thinking about what that means, right? There were other nuances like language, but I think that's just something we can overcome. And I felt like we could overcome it over time. Absolutely. But the reality was people knew the work right and people are very you know and we have with math and brian will talk about this every day we don't necessarily look for marketers we look for mathematicians right <laughs> we look for people with that actual science if you <laughs> if you don't know what a pivot table is we probably might not be able to talk pivot <laughs> right? tables baby it's all about the pivot Listen, tables all I was, day right? i was just uh training um, a couple a couple people from a team yesterday and ongoing and one of the training uh, on the training curriculum, I said, okay, so on this on this day, we'll just like review and refresh some Excel Excel skills. <laughs> and they were like, Excel, why? Like, I want to be a trader. I'm like, this, you need Excel in your life. And that's Ooh. just the pros and cons to this, like the fact that we're so much still reliant on Excel as an industry. But ultimately, it's like, even though it's not a, a great solution at the moment or the best, you still have to learn Excel. But anyway, I digress. So getting back to your story. I could talk all day about that. No, for right? sure. <laughs> but, but you know, so the, the point really was that the competency level was there, right? So the education was there. and People really understood how to work through these, you know, tools and processes and things that we were training them. So when I left AKQA, it was just a natural fit for me to go back there, right? And sort of recruit my partner and be like, hey, look, we can start this journey together, right? I had one big client at the time that I was working with in the US and I felt like scaling in the US, not so much money, but I just didn't feel like I was going to make an impact that I felt like I wanted to make. So the fun story is, yes, I'm from Africa originally as well, right? And and a part of, you know, I think if you're uh, what I call a diaspora kid, Part of the journey has always been to try and go back home and to try and give back and to try. They expect me to go back home at some point, right? That's the journey I'm on right now. So yeah. Right? So, but I found my purpose in a different country, right? So Mm -hmm. I I think that this, I consider Salvador to be similar to Tanzania, to Kenya, you know, emerging markets. And the same thing I was telling Brian is that we can find that purpose in these other countries where we can fulfill that, you know, for me, it's not so much a dream. It's just a purpose. And every day we go back there, we have teams now that we're up to. Thanks to Brian, we're going to be 50 pretty soon. Um, but just seeing people thrive in that economy yeah. and, you know, accomplish things, feed their families, drive cars, eat. For me, that's more fulfilling, knowing that we can create that level of opportunity in those markets. Um, and, and again, people there go to school and they go and work hard. 
but sometimes the opportunities available for them just don't necessarily translate to what they've worked so hard for. So mm-hmm. being in a position we could do that um, is sort of why I, you know, why I got into this and why I do this at this scale that we've been able to do it over the last three, four years, right? So I love what you said about it's investing in the people, not the space. Okay, let's be real. That's something that not a lot of great business owners or leaders in business are understanding and <laughs> quite frankly, it should. The second thing you said is about making impact, which I think also is really, really important in the day-to-day and should have been really important. But in the last two years, making an impact or being more impactful or impact-driven as a company has become more sexier to, to some brands. Um, but the fact that from the get-go is the value that you brought into the company, into your mission. Uh, I absolutely love that. And uh, that's why I was so excited to talk to both of you guys because I felt like, dang, do these these they're making things happen, but on a different level. Um, so, so let's talk about exactly what that is. So, Leo, you're, you're supplying um, this. You're supplying the 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 talent, and Brian, you're supplying the demand. So, talk to us about it. So, obviously, I mentioned at the beginning of the call, like the great resignation. Um, but here, I was on. So, I attended. Programmatic IO in October, and I attended Sharon Harris from Jellyfish session on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And somebody asked her, like, oh, so what do you think the great resignation is happening? Blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, it's not the great resignation, it's the great realization that talent is realizing that they have the opportunity to have more options out there, that they don't have to work so hard making somebody else rich and that person not. A- allowing them to just simply continue to work from home post-pandemic, whatever that is. So uh, that's just one of the many examples. So I love this concept, and I wanted to mention that because now you are opening doors from to this industry. You're opening a door that not a lot of people have opened before, and you're doing it really proudly, and you're doing it very loudly, which is not something people always do. So. So what, how, just talk to us about like that, that partnership a little bit more. So again, about that supply and demand. Um, And Leo, I love what you said about making the impact. So if you can just uh, elaborate on how you go about finding that talent and what type of training you're offering and maybe the investment that comes with that, because I'm assuming that you have to invest time, finances, emotions into training that team. Um, so talk to us about blood, that. Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. <laughs> you throw a little bit of spices and yeah. cinnamon on top of that. Yeah. So uh, actually, I'll give you three things. Um, yeah. The first thing I'll say is we're going through an Etsy. I call it the Etsy generation. I don't know if you guys have heard this. You guys are calling, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll give you the unfancy term, which is basically <laughs> during COVID, folks started doing other things that could complement their income. Yeah. Right? They build their side hustle. Yeah. Exactly. So the side hustle became their main hustle. That. I felt was an opportunity for us as above zero because we had our teams, you know, sort of offshore, onshore, where most of the American staff or American teams were not able to get the work and didn't necessarily want to come back to work and do the same stuff that they were doing before, right? So we had teams in El Salvador that we were building to do very specific things at the time. And then when we sort of teamed up with Brian, we realized we can actually expand sort of the breadth of what we were doing before, because most of our teams are very specialized in a lot of interesting things, right? We have search folks who only do search. And despite the fact that they could do tracking, 
we only make sure, you know, we limit them to that. But, you know, if you have an opportunity where, you know, Ryan has figured this thing out where <laughs> I would say that my biggest fear was if I lose one client, right, I'm mm-hmm. finished, right? And I, I'm, I'm in a very weird position where I have really big clients that if I lost one, I'd be dead. It's so, startup. Um, <laughs> yeah, startup growth, yeah. Right, you know what I mean? And 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 it's it's been fortunate that we've had really great relationships with those brands, but yeah. the reality was that sometimes they were almost too big, you know, sort of too big for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the partnership with Brian allowed us to start thinking sort of broadly and say, okay, cool, can we have actual teams that do X, Y, and Z and mm-hmm. how do we scale that? So, we've done two things, right? One is um we used to hire teams or we used to hire candidates that came straight from college and mm-hmm. then we would train them up. We kind of stopped doing that mm-hmm. because now we can be competitive, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I'm actually competing with other sort of, you know, business processing units that are out there um, mm-hmm. just in full transparency. El Salvador right now is flooded with companies from the U.S. Yeah. looking for the same things we're trying to look for, right? Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, you're talking about AT&T, you're talking about Seppo. There's a lot of big companies there mm-hmm. just managing staff, Right. But our approach has been we take staff in and we put them through an above zero program. And now we're calling it an above zero work previous program, which is very specific for the things we're trying to build. Mm -hmm. We do that for three months. So before Brian sees a candidate, that person's been in my system for about three months, sort of just being layered in, being trained. Um, and, And we go, it's not so much book training. Most of these people already know what Google Ads is. They know what DV360 is. They know what Trade Desk is. What we're trying to teach them is this cultural nuance around how do you manage a US client, right? How do you manage this phone call? Because you're definitely not going to be here in person, but how are you going to be able to quickly, collectively collect your thoughts, articulate your thoughts in order for you to you know, again, communicate these things that you've learned or you've done in this campaign. So those three months for us, we consider them business training versus sort of, you know, curriculum training, right? Um, and then the tail end of that has been figuring out how to scale that. So that's kind of what, I'm not saying we've figured it out fully, uh, but what's been working for us now is, so say I have three team members that are amazingly good. I've started to incentivize them to train down what they know. Right. And it takes a little bit of their time from the things that they're supposed to be doing, but 20% of the time of sort of my greatest, you know, my, my top employee, let's say, you know, Rodrigo or Wendy, I'll ask her to spend 20% of her time to train down what she knows. And then I incentivize her if that relationship works out, mm-hmm. you know, and that seems to be picking up in a way that is different where as opposed to having a siloed team that just manages training, teams are building relationships with these people who are actually doing work and they get that's to actually right. see what we, yeah, that skill set. So that's, that's been helpful. The only challenge with that is that I can't call Brian and tell him I have 10 candidates tonight. Right. And Brian, <laughs> I work for DC. I love him. Oh. I'd take him right now. Right. Yeah. So Brian is right. My pace may not be to his liking, right. but yeah. the candidates do fit a certain mold that is very critical for his organization. And that's what we like the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, I think a, there's a quote that says quality has no fear of time, is it? And I might exactly. Be, exactly. I think I think that's what it is, right? Exactly. Yep. And I think what I'd, I'd pick up on there is just this real concept of um, supply demand, right? Mm-hmm. And then also like division of labor, right? Um, you know, going back to Henry Ford and the in the assembly line, right? There mm-hmm. is a real kind of talent assembly line and supply chain in, in a lot of ways, and as it, our, the talent market right now is under a tremendous amount of strain. So 
if you think about our customers um, at large conglomerates, what we hear universally is the people who are normally in charge of training up the entry level folks who are coming in, right? That classic agency talent supply chain. They're so busy executing right now because so many people are, are resigning or have resigned that the talent supply has been squeezed off at the source, right? And that makes room for division of labor, right? Where, you know, we specialize, you know, domestically in, in the U.S. talent and I'm able to bring in a supply partner like Leo, right? Who um, specializes in you know, near shore and offshore talent, right? And, and we're able to um, invest in different ways than our, our clients are, right? We can invest in, we invest a lot in coaching our talent, right? Like, here's how you survive the, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but like potentially like Hunger Games environment, you know, some of these big, you know, agencies, right? And but what the, Leo can do in, in, in a way that even I can't is Leo's investing more in training than I am. I'm, I'm jealous, right? Like I, I, like I want to invest more in, in training than I am. Like we're, 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 we're really working hard to increase that investment level. You get a lot of leverage. You can actually have a higher, I think, leverage in um, your training investment in, you know, um, environments outside of the U.S., right? But yeah. again, it's it's all about having an efficient um, supply chain. And what's nice about this is we're, we're, to take it back to purpose, like we're able to do it, I think, in a very like intentful and, and purposeful way and, and, and do it in a way where you, you can see the impact, right? When I started this thing, you know, going back seven years, I got a Christmas card mm -hmm. the first year from this guy, Eddie. And Eddie, we, Eddie um, was working a, a day job as an IT um, admin in, uh, in Appalachia, basically. And he sent me a Christmas card. It was all of his kids. And he wrote on it. It's like working with WorkReduce made the difference between my wife being able to stay home with the kids or not. Oh. Right. And I was like, holy moly, this is yeah, making like, an impact. Making an impact. like, you know, here I am sitting, you know, there, like when you're starting a company, it's kind of like, can I keep this thing alive? You yeah. know, what am I doing? This is insane. Like, and yeah. just the, the pullback and be like, oh my God, we're actually having an impact on, on people is, is amazing. And then to see, you know, the impact that Leo's having with his team in El Salvador firsthand. And it is like, it's real. Like the, I think, Working a job in um, in the knowledge economy in the advertising industry in a place like San Salvador, like it's great. Like I think um, it you can really see the impact on people, and it, it feels amazing to be able to work together to connect this thing end to end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I know that the advertising industry has been uh, compared to Squid Games, so after <laughs> Hunger Games. I don't know which one's worth in my way. Um, but uh, I guess I love it. I'm just, um, I might be just as crazy. But secondly, uh, Brian, uh, on our last podcast together, you came on and said that you find talent in the most unusual way and you attribute the success of work videos because you have been able to step out of the, you know, the, the box of you need to hire here and not here or here and then here. Um, so I want to talk about globalization from that perspective and very much applaud you. I don't think we were very good, I like, guess, individuals or like human being as expressing gratitude. So I think what you're Thanks. doing, <laughs> right what, back at you. Both, what <laughs> both of y'all are doing 
for the industry is going to change the game. So somebody's listening and be like, man, let's see. Okay, six months from now, you'll have different conversation internally. And then you're going to be like, I remember this episode with Brian and Leo. Let me find them out on LinkedIn or with wherever. So so I think it's really a game changer. And I'm a big fan of change because I think that that's how we grow. I think that's how growth. That's it. I'm going to leave it there. So talk to us about that perspective like okay well from a globalization standpoint what does what does that really mean like are you working internationally with other clients um leo is that like oh you're working with work reduce and maybe somebody that that does the same thing in france like what does that mean no i mean for me honestly like brian's been able to solve my biggest problem so mm-hmm. I don't need to, you know what I mean? I actually, real talk, right? I don't wake up worrying about where the, the work's going to come from. It's usually the, 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 the latter, right? It's that, do I have the teams that he needs to <laughs> okay. put to work? So, so he's it's a very different. you on your toes, like no. keeping you busy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't have to, we're not even faking it here, right? <laughs> so like, we're really like, in, yeah. a really, in a big problem so yeah uh, you know he's asking me can you go to africa and do all this stuff i'm like yes we can but it yeah. needs a different set of thinking different brain <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> right um, yeah we're now in guatemala uh and then we're working on panama right and mm-hmm. then uh, brian just fun fact for you we got a new relationship in colombia that's happening so yeah. i'm right? dying to visit colombia man that's how right. i hear it's amazing i really want to go <laughs> i heard that too I heard that right too. so and then also fun fact as i actually connected with um i just have a new relationship that um somebody i met last week that is talking about building programs locally in, mm-hmm. in underserved communities in the u.s it's a really weird relation weird conversation but i like it right it was more yeah. so that's Back dope. to what you were saying is finding work in places where agencies or teams traditionally don't go, right? Yeah. So, and that's something I'm going to pursue separately. But I'll say that for me, it's been trying to figure out now that I think I've figured out Central and South America. We know it well, you know, and the mm-hmm. beauty about it. I think what's different now than 10 years ago is social media, right? Mm-hmm. So social media has made it cool to want to do the things that we do. Right. Like now you can actually have a conversation. I can have a conversation with my mom and say, yeah, you know, that thing you see on WhatsApp or that thing you see on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I do that. Yeah. It's very different than 10 years ago. I used to try to convince my mom that and she had net zero as a reference. And I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not it. My dad used to say, oh, she targets people. And I was like, oh, okay. I know. Right? <laughs> that sounds creepy. Yeah. I'm like in advertising. Do you boo boo? It's cool. Now he's able to like explain for real, like, oh, you know what? She's doing this and this and that. I'm like, look at you, you. Right. out of you. Right. But yeah, anyway, 10 years is a big difference. <laughs> big, big time. So the fact that all these young folks are able to get on social media and can see it come to life and come to fruition, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it makes it easy for us to make a case in those markets. Like, hey, you know, you can actually work in this industry, right? Yeah. By doing this, that, and the other. And they that. love it. Right. So like I have I'm able to get people who want to do social more and I just have to convince them to do paid social versus, you know, organic social, what they think is interesting. And then I'm like, okay, you know, you can actually do this other programmatic thing here or you can actually do this other search thing over here, which is interesting to them. And they're highly competent. So I think the rise of social media and what I call global, right, we've made the world is very 
a global with a local view, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea that I can pick up a phone and a tablet and see what's happening in San Francisco tonight mm -hmm. makes it really attainable. That goal is very attainable for me mm -hmm. and allows me to start connecting with those people, the culture, and it's just easy. So the work becomes an extension of already what my lifestyle is, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to consider half our teams are on social media, right? Like all my teams on social media, right? Three of them are like influencers, right? They have like 10,000 followers and they do their thing, nice. but this is their job. So their uh -huh. job allows them to scale the things that they want to do in their off time. Nice. And, and think for me, that's a beautiful thing. It, it actually works out for both of us. Flexibility, yeah. Um, and so this is probably the last question before we, we go into the closing segment. But, um, and that goes for, for both of you. I know there was a lot of um, challenges, maybe a couple of years ago, and maybe this is an outdated question, but there's, there were challenges in, in hiring a team that may not have been um, fluently great at, at the language of English, like English fluently, um, or had um, trouble expressing themselves in the language. And that was a turnoff way back when for brands and teams. How do you, I personally, English is my second language. So I've never saw that as a challenge. I only saw that as an opportunity. But um, in this day and age of advertising, where you mentioned how being local, being like US-based is such a proud thing. Like we want to reinvest here. Um, we want to reinvest in like businesses down the street. How is that conversation happening? Like, first of all, uh, English, just because they don't speak English as their first language is not a problem. Like, how are you addressing that? Or is it even a problem? Like, is, is anybody asking that question? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Brian, you want to go first? And I, I, I would say, I mean, there are, there are some challenges there, but uh -huh. there's plenty of Americans who can't express themselves at all, Great. even Thank though you. they've been speaking <laughs> in English. English. <laughs> I love that. So it's, yeah. it's a little bit like, you know, yeah. the um, can you express yourself at all is, yeah. is the baseline question, right? And so, like, when you look at people's competency in being able to do things like pivot tables, you're, you're really assessing kind of like, are they clear thinkers, right? And I think if you're starting with that, are they clear thinkers question in in math, like, if you, if you can think and express yourself clearly in numbers, that's a great baseline, right? Yeah. But it, you know, there are real, there are real cultural differences. Right. And there are real issues um, that we've run into and there's nuances depending on the type of work that you're doing. So the first time we did a real um, big, you know, multilingual project in I think it's like 2018. Right. Mm -hmm. We did a massive SEM audit um, for a, a big tech brand in, in Europe and um, it was in six languages. And we really had to drill into the difference between being fluent. And like also understanding like what the nuance of like what counts as like good ad copy, right? Because like <laughs> ad copy is different from like regular talk. You know, it's like there's degrees of slang in it and stuff Great like that. Point. So there, there are if you're getting into things where people are dealing with copy, right? Like mm -hmm. it's a big deal, and you've got to really think through, um, you know, the 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 nuances there. But a lot of what we're doing is math. Right. And that's a universal language. And, um, you know, so it, it's about calibrating. But, you know, I, I've been working you know, globally since really early in my, my career. I worked um, early on at Nokia back when it was we were making brick phones. It was gigantic. <laughs> right. And I, had to, I managed a software team in, in India. And like 
there are big cultural differences between American engineers and Indian engineers, and you've got to really be on top of it. Um, and there's still there's still some of that, but like talent is everywhere, you know, opportunity is everywhere, and um, you know, again back to the division of labor, like mm-hmm. you know, for Leo and I, you know, to be these layers that are helping mitigate that and um, facilitate, right? And, and kind of spread the opportunity around. I think it's an important value add, right? It's, it's a lot of what we're doing. And I think, you know, Leo, you downplayed it a little bit, but like you're doing a lot there, you know, like it, it's a big, you it's can a big be really add. humble. And I was like, oh, a lot. <laughs> Leo's a super humble there. guy. It is a great, you know, I mean, I think you're having, I think you're having a lot of fun. I think you're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we can tell just by listening to how you're you're expressing not only yourself but like the business that you're growing and the business that you're building that collaboration and i think that's great and anybody even listening not even watching this podcast will be like yo they're they're dope like we want to invite them for happy hour or we want to invite them for i don't know thanksgiving <laughs> so uh or christmas rather but i think it will be i think it's such a great collaboration again i cannot wait to see how it's going to go. Like, I feel like I have no, like whatever's going to happen is going to be pretty dope. And that's, that's like, I had to say. And also like going back to the cultural difference, like sometimes it is what it is. Like, I feel like some of the partners, like the international partners that I've worked with, I've gone above and beyond to make me US-based more comfortable. And I'm always like, no, no, no. Like if this is, if you're sleeping usually during this time, like you got to let me know. I have to meet you halfway. I have to wake up at 6 a.m. one day to talk to you. It's cool. Like, I have to do that. And as here in the U.S. space, we don't do that really well. So uh, maybe this is food for thought for whoever is listening that, okay, it's not only, it's not a one-way street when you have to make things happen. It's both ways. And it goes for, it's a simple business rule. Like, you got to make sure you bring in as much as they bring in. So we could probably talk about this topic for like hours. I can tell. It's so easy to talk to both of y'all. Yeah. But let's go ahead and move into our closing segment where I like to ask a couple of fun questions. So, Brian, since you were on, a, uh, on the pod before, I'm going to start with Leo. Um, so, Leo, awesome. tell us, like, three fun facts about yourself. Wow. <laughs> well, I already told you the first one. The one yeah. is I'm from Tanzania. So, obviously, okay. that, that's a big one. Um, two... Well, that's not a fun fact, but I'm a, and I'm an avid Warriors fan. And when I say avid, means I'll fly to where they are to watch their games, if need which, be. Which games? Um, Golden Golden State. Oh, Golden State okay. Warriors. Basketball Warriors. Fan. Okay, yeah, basketball some, fan. Warriors. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and board, that's a problem. Brian knows that's a problem. If you're not a Warriors <laughs> fan, we might have a problem in our business Uh-oh. relationship. Uh oh. Um, you know, and I think the last one probably cooking, right? So I'm the main cook in my house. I take a lot of pride right. in that. I'm a foodie. Uh, mm-hmm. Cook more than my wife, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I'm a foodie. So every place I go to, and I've had been fortunate and blessed to travel quite a bit, the mm-hmm. first thing I'll do is look for the local food, the local yeah. cuisines, not the stuff they sell at the hotel hell what the restaurants i'll really i'll dig in you know el salvador i'll go for the pupusa like i'll go in and i'll i'll you know i'll dig in figure it out and then i'll usually take one thing that i like and try to make it right i find something i like i'll try to make it right okay that's interesting that was okay that was jollof rice that's dope i can do that right versus 
you know, but that's that's it. I mean, those three facts are interesting about me, but the one that's big is the foodie part. Yes, I do the love the part. I don't think I'll do a show, but uh, I, I get a lot of joy. Never <laughs> you never know. It's always a different There's time. Yeah, I mean, I do want to make just segue. I do want to make. I, I want. I feel like African foods are very sit down, right? Like mm-hmm. we sit down, we have to eat and sit down and eat. Nobody's ever engineered our foods to make them on the go. So that's kind of like my thing. I think maybe when I do retire, uh, maybe that'll be my thing to come up with some way to make our foods interesting to be on the go versus like mm-hmm. you know we, we make very hearty meals, right? You have to sit down, get for that hours. fish, yeah, for hours, talk, Dude. you know. Like El Salvador, people go to eat a lunch. They leave work to go home to eat because it's sit down, right? It's not like food on the go, like America, right? Or the way Western culture is. But yeah, I think that's probably something that I'll, at some point, we'll get into. I know Brian likes to cook too, so. Love it, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my jam for sure. <laughs> Maybe we make another company for food, Brian. Right? <laughs> how, to, how to automate uh, making uh, African food? There you go. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, I think I will, I'll tap in too because, like, uh, my husband is always like, You haven't made that right rice, uh, red rice with uh, the chicken. It's Maybe? like a very, um, it's a tomato based uh, dish from Senegal, but it's original with fish. But since chicken is easier to cook, I usually just make it with chicken. And he's like, you haven't made the red rice for me. Take me at least three hours to prep, (laughs) three hours to cook. And then the whole house smells. He's like, yeah, but okay, fine. I'll make it. I'll have to take three days off though to do this and to make this happen. So uh, yeah, it takes a long time, but that's just, it's fun. You know, they make fun. They bring the, they bring the fun. They bring the culture. They bring the love. And when you eat it, it's like literally you taste all three of them. Yeah, in your mouth. So it's it's really cool. Um, great. Is there uh, what was the also Brian? Last time you were here, you were reading. Uh, can't remember. I probably remember this. Uh, what was I so reading what are, before? Uh, the here. you. I can't remember. What are you reading now? So um, this is amazing. I, I reconnected with a high school class. Uh, oh, okay. a woman. We were um. A, a, we were in this advanced placement U.S. history class our, our junior year uh, in high school that a lot of us had stayed in touch with. And it was kind of like academically for us, like this kind of crucible moment, right? Where like we were going to school on Saturdays to like jam this thing out. And the teacher wow. was just like unbelievably inspiring and <laughs> totally bananas, insane. And like, you know. Uh, I found it recently that she um, wrote a book and it's like actually right here under my laptop holding it up. <laughs> so I can't like hold it up for you. Her name's Melissa Caruso and she's written a series. Go look her up. She's yeah. written a series of books on uh, their fantasy books. I don't read a lot of fantasy, right? Um, yeah. I, I like some sci-fi and um, uh, Melissa wrote a couple of books. I just read her her second most recent novel it's a two-part series i'm about to start the second one um right now and uh it was amazing like it's really funny to read you know um a, a novel by someone who you, you know and like you you know yeah. you, at least, you know no, yeah. and like melissa like i can see you know teenage melissa's like really dynamic and vibrant yeah. personality just like blowing through this book and it was like really um uh, really interesting and cool i'm really proud of uh you know what she she's done there so um look her up on amazon melissa caruso uh really cool i'll have her in the notes cool I'll fantasy yeah um cool i'll send and, through a link that you can put in there 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes for sure. Um, okay, so lastly, if anyone is listening and they're like, dang, I really need the talent right now. We're scaling, we're growing. How can they get in contact with you? Or maybe leave them both with like uh, one word of wisdom. I mean, so Brian at workproduce.com, B-R-I-A-N. You can find me real easy. Um, and uh, I think my phone number is on my LinkedIn profile and I get a lot of random ass calls. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't be shy. Up, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all good. Um, yeah. It's mostly people trying to lend me money. Um, which I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really flattered by. That's great. Uh, I, I would just say like, we're at this amazing moment, like, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of the global talent marketplace. Um, and it's really, uh, I feel really lucky to kind of be where I am, you know, uh, in, in this moment, but like we had the first wave of globalization, right. And there were things that were great about it and things that were really challenging and some things came back and we're in a new moment right now, which I think is, is facilitated by this next wave of internet access, of mobility, of a new generation of people that are educated on mobile phones and by YouTube and have access to so much learning that that wasn't true, you know, in the first wave of globalization 15 and 20 years ago. And it's a great thing um, overall. And, um, you know, it's true also domestically here in the U.S., right? I think there's we've seen that there's tremendous amounts of talent across the country at every economic level, tons of, you know, different backgrounds that now everybody's tapping into. And, um, you know, it's going to be a great thing, I think, for the, for the global economy and for business. Awesome. Leo, final words of wisdom for somebody that could, that's actually looking to work with y'all or maybe just in a moment in their lives where they just need some inspiration. What is the final word of wisdom? Yeah, I mean, I think for me as an immigrant, I'd say, you know, two things. And I think I also wanted to say this earlier is that the yeah. U.S. is one of the few places that's very accommodating to culture, right? So it doesn't go without, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed, right? It's the only place I think that I've lived that I've found that there's a lot of accommodation, right? Like you go to San Francisco and you ride the bus and they have the instructions in Vietnamese, right? In Chinese, oh, in ooh. Spanish, and in English, right? Because they acknowledge that those communities live within their city. So you don't see that in a lot of places. And I felt like it's really important, which is why it makes it easier for people like us to come here and make, mm -hmm. you know, something meaningful over our lives. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing I'd say is um, don't do things for money. Do them first for, find a different purpose, right? Yeah. Uh, money is great, right? And you'll always make money, but then you'll always have that then what? Right, then what? Then what? Mm -hmm. um, but I think find purpose around the things that you're passionate about. I find my passion around people and being able to enable other people to fulfill their purpose or their dreams. Um, mm -hmm. I'm lucky enough that money is coming in from that particular path for me. But I, I do believe if you find something that you like and you fully feel vested in it, do it. But don't do it because you think you're going to make shitloads of money from it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think money will come, which is, I, you know, I, I'm really sort of uh, jealous of artists and musicians who are able to make money from the thing that they love to do, right? Yeah. Whereas folks like us, you know, we, just, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get a little more creative. Gotta get, you know. <laughs> hard work too. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think um, Brian's my go-to guy now as far as work is concerned. So I wouldn't, I'd be remiss, but, if I say I need, I mean, I do need clients, but I feel like I need to solve that problem that I have right now. So 
WorkReduce is sort of our go-to partner now. They fulfill the work itself. So I think the channel we're trying to create now is go to through WorkReduce, get that done. Hopefully our vision is one day we'll be one big company together. Oh, Um, yeah. But but ideally... Find me on you know LinkedIn, Leo Fire, last name F A Y A, not F I R E. Uh, it's the African way of saying fire, <laughs> right? Fire. Yeah, fire. So Leo Fire. Exactly. Find me on LinkedIn. Add me. You know, I love to talk. I'd love to connect. Uh, yeah. I'm really fascinated about expanding into other countries. So if you do have something that's interesting outside the U.S. or in the U.S. that you feel like we can build together in terms of building teams, just holla mm-hmm. at me. Let's talk. Um, you mentioned the African continent. Um, so yeah, I have a guy who has a DSP who created a DSP for the African, Caribbean, and Middle Eastern market. So I'll definitely right. contact with him. Yeah. Now some I we're talking. Yeah, his name is Salif Joe. Um, yeah, he's a co-founder of Tawahidmi. That's the name of the, the DSP. Of course, uh, our first language is French. So I don't know how to pronounce it in English, the Kawahizmi. So, um, but um, yeah, I'll put you in contact with them. And also, Brian, you mentioned that you were visiting the continent next year. I mean, uh, next week. What are you doing? Where yeah. are you going? I am first headed to Cape Town. I've got friends there and oh, I want yeah. to do a bunch of surfing um, and swim with the sharks, surf with the sharks potentially. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I'm also still working on the details, but hoping to visit um, Zanzibar, Tanzania to meet some of Leo's contacts and also uh, Nairobi one there. Oh, um, nice. And uh, they'll do safari too. So um, really excited. I've been to North Africa a couple of times, but never to um, oh. Sub-Saharan. And, uh, you know, it's been on the list. I'm really, really excited to, you know, see kind of what's on the ground there, um, get a sense for, you know, the people and the, and the the landscape and, and all those great things. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Well, we'll we'd love to see some pictures. Um, oh, you can count on it. <laughs> this is going to air after you come back. So we'll we'll definitely maybe add a couple pictures, a couple of your favorite pictures and food pictures. And oh, but, we'll, we'll uh, see. I'm going to be there for a month. You might just get, you might get Oh, snap. Oh, well, then <laughs> it will be live then. It will be live yeah. pictures. So that's even better. Um, so uh, thank you so much for dropping by this morning. This was amazing. I cannot wait for this partnership to grow as it's continuing to grow, actually. Um, so thank you so much for our listeners to, for um, helping in. And then uh, Leo, Brian, we will talk to you very soon. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Ron. Feel free to grab today's conversation and show notes, including our guest information, on our website, programmaticdigest.com, programmaticdigest.com. See you next week and stay curious, my friends.